0: When somebody asks you who you are, how do you answer that question? And I don't mean like who you are, you know, in all these kind of frivolous surface things. I mean, who are you at the core of your being? What makes you tick? What drives you? What matters most to you? How does that play a role in what you do for a living? My guest today is using her God-given talents and abilities to help women and men get to the bottom of that and find out exactly who they are and what they were made to do and how to make those things profitable. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast.
1: Here's our host, yeah. Molly Stewart, our mom.
0: Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Kenya Kelly. She is an accomplished business executive, teacher, and inspirational speaker. Kenya Kelly found her voice by writing and speaking about understanding your God given purpose and living up to your fullest potential. She captures her audiences by conveying powerful lessons of overcoming fear, self doubt, and divorce to creating successful six figure businesses. Kenya believes that when you identify who you are, At the core of your being and beginning a journey of overcoming obstacles and self-doubt, you can achieve absolute greatness. Kenya leaves audiences with a sense of empowerment and a call to action that encourages them to reach their full potential. She believes that everyone is equipped. People can do and become anything they put their minds to despite their starting points. Kenya has helped countless individuals and entrepreneurs realize how to finish strong. I had the unbelievable privilege of having a conversation with Kenya that you're going you're gonna to hear today. Uh, actually, I mean, at this point, it was like two months ago, and she was just immediately somebody that I was like this person you are my people you are my people kenya she is so funny she is brilliant so smart and uh, honestly you know our conversation was one that was i really feel like with everything that is going on and um, with everything that people are wrestling with and struggling with um, in so many different areas, so, so, so many different areas. I feel like this conversation is really gonna um, encourage someone in whatever place they are. She has an incredible book called Before You Quit Your Job and she just really gets to the heart of things. You are just going to absolutely love her. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Kenya. Kenya, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. Excited. It's early, early, early. <laughs>
0: Uh, I love it. Well, you and I connected through a mutual friend, Essence, who uh, for the podcast listeners will remember I had Essence on the show last year, I think. Maybe, I, I don't think it was two years ago. I think it was a year ago. Although all of my days and times are meshing together at this current point in my life. So it could have been two years ago. But, um, but yeah, um, our, so our, our mutual friend, Essence, and uh, when she connected me with you, I knew a immediately that I wanted to have you on the show. So I'm just really honored to have you um, across the coasts. You're in California. I'm in North Carolina, uh, but we can use technology to connect to each other. So. Absolutely.
1: We're on the total opposite sides. That's wild.
0: I know. I love it. I love it. Um, well, I'm going to have you just dive right in and give us the Kenya Kelly 101. So tell us who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, so I am Ken Kelly. I'm a branding and marketing consultant for Kian Kelly.com and AP And basically what I do is what I say I do is I help people figure out who they are at their core of their being. And then we take like we talk to God and we like consult with him and ask him what are the creative ideas that he has for them. And we strategically take those ideas and build businesses and brands online and make them profitable Uh, but i i got into this uh probably four years ago i've always been in some kind of sales i see everything in pictures and i went from doing network marketing to building my own business, teaching black women how to care for their curly hair, even though I didn't know what I was doing, um, to realizing that I had this gift that I could see things. Like, I mean, obviously, when you have Jesus, you can see things. Uh, but like I could, someone could talk to me for a period of time, and I could help them build a strategic million-dollar business. And so when Livestream showed up, I've, I showed up on Livestream, and that got everything started four years ago.
0: I love that you just kind of talk about the little bit of pivots that you had in your business along the way. And I mean, how many entrepreneurs do you know who pivot like 10 different? It's so funny. Like, I mean, I think about just even in my own life, when I look back on the last, you know, 14 years since I graduated college, I'm like, man, I have done a lot of random stuff. Exactly. Just
1: figuring it out.
0: (laughs) I know, but it's amazing how even all those skills that you build up along the way, how they, you know, how they all kind of translate to one another. Did you, um, you know, what did you go to school for? Did you have like that thing that you, when you were growing up, like, I, oh, I want to do this when I grow up. Did you have that one thing? And then life kind of took
1: you a different direction? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've always loved computers. And so when I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be a computer programmer. I went on a job shadow and I almost died watching the man, com- a com- you know, program a computer for eight hours. I was like, Jesus, this is not the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, But then I decided to go to business school. And when I jumped into business school. I was like, this is it. But I had this like, I didn't have this gift for economics, but I had a gift for communication. And I aced at the comm classes and some of the business classes or whatever. But I knew that I had this like creativity, something and business was definitely the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so you started off in network marketing. And where, you know, at what point in network marketing did you realize, like, I think I really have a special skill set that can be used to help others?
1: Yeah. You know, it wasn't until the mentor that I had, who was amazing, the guy that recruited me when I first got into the business, I was just kind of figuring it out. And he forced me to like learn the presentation, get in front of the room. He forced me to read all these books. And one day, I remember I was in front of the room kind of doing what I was doing, but I always like my presentation, I took his presentation and I just turned it into my own because I didn't know what I was doing. And one day I watched the crowd just kind of go crazy. And I'm like, what is wrong with them? And afterwards, he said, you are amazing. And I was like, all I did was what you did. But as a female, he said, oh, no, the way that you did it. And I just it was trying to come into my own. But then when the company recognized me, flew me and like had me on stage and I'm watching 10,000 people go crazy and give me a standing ovation, I'm like. What what is happening? But I was 21, so it's kind of like I was riding this wave. But as I rode the wave and start maturing, it was like I really I have something here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know that's one of the things too about network marketing. I mean, people network marketing gets a a bad rap from a lot of people, and it can have a lot of really negative connotations from people that aren't really familiar with it. And I've I've been involved with network marketing, and um, there are companies that certainly do it not great ways. But, um, but when it's done really well, I mean, that's what network marketing is all about is really like creating community, building each other up. It's not about like, it, you know, the cliche, like there's no I in team, like they're really, you know, it's, it's all about supporting each other. And when you have a really great leader or somebody who is truly, Visionary, that can really impact a lot of people. And even, you know, some of the skills that I've gained through connecting with friends in network marketing or colleagues in network marketing, you know, those translate to other industries big time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like my mentor, he recruited me in 2002. I just wrote a book last year. He wrote the forward, you know, and so, and then with Essence, the one who connected us, like we were together, I don't know how many years ago. And then we're, Still connected, and so it 's a great place, especially if you choose to grow together yeah, absolutely.
0: so talk to me about when when you left network marketing and you said, "I want to take this skill set that I believe God has given me is that i 'm a connector i 'm a leader i 'm somebody who I know that God has given me the gift of of you know presentation and and speaking, and that is a spiritual gift for sure and uh, and, and how you have really found your voice." And, and begun to understand how to help other people kind of find that God-given purpose. Because that is like one of the most common questions that I get. I mean, I host a podcast called Business with Purpose. And I literally have, I can't even tell you how many people have either emailed me or commented or asked me and they're just like, well, how do I know what my purpose is? Like, how did you get to that point where you were making that pivot in your business and you said, I, this is something that I can help other people figure out what their purpose is?
1: Yeah. So my journey of network marketing, I had amazing success. Um, lots of successes and then failures, you know, ego, all the things. Uh, I think it was like eight or 10 years into it when I was kind of fizzing out of my company, I heard the Lord tell me, quit this company, like cancel your membership, like all the money that was coming, me, like cancel it. And I was like, I don't understand why he goes, because you know, you learn how to be extremely manipulative being over there. You're very good at sales and charismatic, but you're being very manipulative. I need to teach you my way. And it was like, no, Jesus, what do you mean? Ooh, man. <laughs> you know, and so I, I left it and just started on this even more of a journey, like getting closer to God, filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, like what happened was as a black woman, we typically relax our hair, make it straight and all that. Suddenly, I just had this desire to see what my hair looked like growing out curly, which led me to cutting my hair and the creativity of starting a hair show, convention center, all this like stuff. So I went on this obedient journey, self-love journey. And as I was like, I don't know what to do with this curly hair, but I had this creativity. Let me just have a big hair show and let these people do it. I'm bringing in hundreds and almost like a thousand people at one show and they're getting learning to love themselves. Well, while I'm learning to love myself through this business and the companies that were coming to me, that were sponsoring, kept going, who are you? Your marketing materials are this, your website is this. And I'm going, I'm on this self love journey, but I've got this creativity and I'm doing something in excellence that people aren't used to. And it was kind of like, what is, what is happening to where like in the middle of all that I got married nine months later, started going through a divorce, which is a whole nother podcast episode. But in the midst of like the divorce and like self-love and all that, like depression with that, it was kind of like all that was going on, but who I was started just coming out, like just blasting out where I got on live stream and started talking and teaching and hundreds and thousands of people on live stream being impacted by me sharing my journey and people DMing me and all that. And I'm going, okay. Here's all the things I've done in my life. Here's what people keep saying my whole life. You're inspired, you're this, you're this, you're this. At some point in time, I've got to believe what they're saying. And so I said, okay, I'm going to turn right and start believing what people are saying. Even though I'm back here, I'm going to try to believe it. And I'm going to encourage people while I'm also encouraging myself. And so I started like teaching on live stream, but also posting and, and doing all the stuff. And then in my business, when I launched and started doing the consulting aspect, People got on the phone with me. They wanted me to help them with their business, but most people wanted me to pray for them. And I'm like, You paid what for me to pray? Like, what is happening? You know? But I wasn't advertising that. At the end, it would say, Can you pray for me? And I'm like, Sure. Like, why do they think that I have anything? But that's something that, you know? And so I just watched people get on my calls, crying like crazy, go through inner healing and build a business in a 60 minute session. You know, and I realized I've got something bigger than what I thought. And it really came in like it really like sort of catapulted May of last year when I moved from Houston to California and the Holy Spirit had me start doing basically Holy Spirit consulting, but it's called creative consulting where we get on the call and the client knows what kind of call they booked and we pray together and they close their eyes and I'm just, and I'm just praying and they're seeing pictures and they're hearing it all. Uh, and we like lay out their whole life and, and we build businesses. And so it's kind of like everything that I did back there with prepaid legal, the hair stuff, the divorce stuff and all that, just kind of, it was all a package for the people that I'm helping today. Wow.
0: Wow. I mean, it just reminds me so much of um, I'm going through a study in the book of James right now. And in the book of James where it just talks about how um, how we're supposed to consider it a great joy when we face trials and suffering because suffering produces endurance and perseverance and how we are then able to take those trials and tribulations and the suffering that we are facing and we're able to then use it to bring God glory. We're able to use it to help others and you know, for those that, uh, have really walked through really difficult things, um, with the Lord, like they know that at the end of it, it it's so worth it. It's so worth it because you're able to take, it sucks in the middle of it, like in the middle of it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You're going, why Lord? Why Lord? Are you doing this to me? Why, 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 why? Um, and then at the end you go, Oh God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you taught me during that season. And that's a hard, hard lesson, but I love how you have really taken those trials and, um, and times of of difficulty, times of challenge, times of growth and, and use them. I mean, it's almost like you it's your own version of the five loaves and two fish where you're, you've got what, what you only have what you have in your hand and then you just see God multiplying it. And that is so powerful,
1: it's so powerful. I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm always amazed. Every time I look back, I'm like, I did what with what, when? <laughs> yeah. How? I was just doing that earlier this week and I'm just crying my eyes out and I'm like, I cannot believe. Five years ago, I was going through, I'm like, this is crazy, but it just shows what happens when you spend the, the, the beginning of your life growing and, and purpose. So when you face a trial like that, you can do it without losing your mind. And then you come out of it and go, oh, I went through, I healed through this. I made it through this because of all of what I did back there and just choice. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you've got, I mean, you have the Kenya Kelly Morning Show. You have a podcast, The Life and Business with Kenya Kelly Podcast. You wrote a book uh, called Before You Quit Your Job. You have this successful consulting business, which is just, I mean, amazing. How, like, one, where do you have the time to do all this stuff? But two, um, you know, I guess let's talk about the book first. You know, where did the idea for the book come from? I love the title, Before You Quit Your Job, you know, because that is one of those, we are in an entrepreneurship time right now, and we have been for years, but especially right now during the coronavirus, everybody's like either getting laid off, so they're like, okay, well, what do I do? Or maybe they're like, well, this is maybe the time that I build that business that I've been wanting to build. Where did you get the idea for the book? Talk a little bit about it and, and kind of how it came about.
1: Yeah. So before you quit your job, the book came about because when I was in network marketing, one of the things that people said forever was job means just over broke. It means just over broke. And so I remember I quit my job too soon. Uh, I watched many people quit their jobs too soon and you didn't know that it was too soon. You just knew that you were being encouraged to quit your job so you can do this thing full time. And what I watched happen with me and other people is we didn't know how to run a business. We knew how to hustle. We didn't know how to run a business. And so at some point in time, what your lack of knowledge and your lack of actually building a business collide and everything just really fall apart. And I watched, I watched a lot of people get divorced during, um, network marketing because of making bad financial decisions and whatever was going on there. And so you was like, I want to write this book, teaching people how to quit their jobs, teaching people what they should think, how they should behave based upon my failures. Uh, But I never did it. Uh, Then it was like, I think four years ago, I went on a cruise and I just kept, oh no, I, uh, when I started out online teaching, I watched all these amazing coaches encourage people to quit their jobs. Like They just kept pushing people. And I'm like, but this person has no idea how to be an entrepreneur. They spent 20 years learning how to have a job, how to get a job. They're an infant at entrepreneurship. Why are you doing this to them? But you can't say that to people because you don't know them like that. And I went on a cruise ship and I was just like, I'm going to take two days on my cruise ship and I'm just going to write. And I just wrote, 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 wrote. And then I quit. I think, I love my best friend, but I think I said something to her one day and she was like, are you really going to write like that? And at that moment I was like, Ooh, I'm not a good writer. I quit. And over the years people kept saying, you should write a book on divorce. You should write a book on miracle kitty, which is this cat that got supernaturally healed as we pray for him. And I was just like, the Lord was like, no, that's not what I want you to do. He just was not letting me write a book. I moved to California. As soon as I got here, he told me to go to this conference in eight hours away. And as I'm driving to the conference, I hear Rachel Hollis, like her book, girl stop apologizing. And I felt like I heard the Lord say, okay, write the book. And I was like, what book? And he said, before you quit your job, I said, I already wrote that. And he goes, I know. And I was like, so you wanted me to drive eight hours just to hear you say that. And you couldn't have said that when I was home. <laughs> you could have saved me gas money, time, traffic. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. And then all the money and the, the things. Um, so when I got back home from the conference, I'm going, I don't know how to write a book. I'm not a good writer. I write the way that I talk. I don't have the time, Jesus. I got to make money. And he just kept harassing. I mean, he was just harassing me about it. And finally one day, sounds kind of bad, but I was like, I'm just going to post on my Instagram story and tell everybody that I'm writing a book, even though I was not writing a book. And I posted, I'm writing a book. Everybody encouraged me. But one of my favorite business people who I'm connected to, Shalene uh, Johnson, for whatever reason, she looked at my Insta story, that day, and shared it with her, all her followers, her Facebook group, her Instagram, and I'm just like, "This is famous, Shalene Johnson," and I'm going, and all her followers start like messaging me, "You got this, you can do this," and I'm going, "Oh crap, I'm writing a book!"
0: <laughs> <laughs> like now you got to do it, now you got, you actually got to do it now, right?
1: Right? right. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I just prayed and was like, "Lord, you got to give me the grace and the wisdom." help me make money while I'm writing a book because writing a book, you don't make money. You make money when you sell the book. And I just wrote 25,000 words in three weeks. Every day I would post on Instagram or Facebook guys encouraged me. I need to get 3000 words done. And people would just message me and just encourage me 25,000 words in three weeks. And I just was like, okay, Holy spirit. I don't know what I'm doing now, how to edit. He showed me how to edit my book. He brought me somebody to record the audio. He brought me someone to teach me how to get it published on Amazon and our, our, my team designed the cover, designed a sales page. And I was like, I need a strategy. He's like, pre-order, da, 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 And we just launched it. Like, And it was my, listen, my goal was to sell one book. I was like, I just want to sell one to somebody that's not my friend. Because if somebody buys it, that is it, not my friend, but it genuinely wants my writing, that means that I'm a good, I'm, I'm qualified. I launched that email to my waiting list. And within a second, two people bought it of course I lost control crying and all the things because it was real in that moment. And so people all over the world have been like, well, what's the purpose of the book? And so it's called before you quit your job, a strategic guide to entrepreneurship. And it's basically teaching people, this is how you think, this is how you behave. Here's how you love your job while you're there and what you can learn on your about saving how um, I have this concept that's called job dream hustle that you know, you should have work a full-time job to pay your bills, that the dream is the ultimate goal and the hustle funds the dream that the job isn't set up to help you start a business. You got to have a side hustle that starts your business. And so in the book, I'm teaching them um, those concepts all about how you don't just quit your job. When you marry. that you have a strategic, intimate conversation with your spouse. It's planning. You talk to your kids, you talk to your extended family, Anybody that's going to be affected by you quitting your job and going to entrepreneurship, you have to talk to them. Because if you don't, people will resent you and you won't understand. You'll be asking everybody to support you on something that they never agreed to. And just most people that work a job don't understand that. And I'm like, I I get it. So I'm going to teach that to you. Mm. I love what you said,
0: where you were just talking about how it's so often. And I mean, this is definitely something we see in network marketing, but we see it all the time in the creative entrepreneur space. And in so many spaces where people are like, just quit your job, just do it, just fund that hustle. And, you know, I think about the fact that like, I've been blogging for 14 years and I didn't quit my day job until six years ago. Like I was seven, you know, seven plus years into my writing and creative journey before I quit my day job. So, you know, and that was, and again, that was after a conversation with my husband and saying, do you think this is the time? And, you know, I, you can't just go into it. Like, yeah, you made that point where like, there are so many people who like, they don't know how to run a business. Right they don't know how to run a business. Like you have to have, um, you wouldn't just be like, you know what? I think I'm going to go do. I think I'm going to go skydive alone today. I mean, how hard could it be to jump out of a plane and pull a parachute? Like it can't be that hard when it's like, no, you have to have training and you have to do some tandem jumps and you have to like learn about how high the plane has to go and you have to learn when to jump and you have to learn when to pull and all those kinds of things like what to do if the you know if your, your first parachute doesn't work gotta have a backup like there's you don't just dive into something like that without any kind of training or practice or safety net and certainly there are times to be like okay Now it's the time to go for it, but you need to have some kind of foundation. So I think that is so wise that you're guiding people in that way, because it's, it is frustrating when sometimes I see people quitting their job and I'm like, this is not a responsible decision.
1: Right. And I'm like, why isn't this coach telling them that? I'm like, maybe because it's making them money. Maybe they don't know what to tell them. You know, I always err on the side of, they just don't know what to tell them. And I'm like, somebody got to do it. And if y'all won't, I will. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Oh, I could not agree more. Now talk to me about the podcast and uh, the Katie Kelly morning show. When did you launch the podcast and you know at what point was that did you realize that that was going to be a good extension of the business to you know to help connect with more
1: people? Yeah, so I think it was 3 maybe 4 years ago. Yeah, when I actually started my business, I was in my living room and I would get on live stream every morning. So I just had just quit my job, was making money, but I found myself not being disciplined to like with my time and I felt like the Lord was like you've got to be disciplined with, with your time get up actually get dressed and do the thing so I would get up every morning and I would get in front of um like the camera on Periscope and I would just teach every morning from 8 30 to 9 30. Oh
0: Periscope R.I.P. Periscope. <laughs> Shout out to Periscope.
1: I think some folks are still there but whatever. Really? Doesn't still exist? <laughs> yeah it's still there. All my three thousand followers, I'm like, I need to convert them. I love it. (laughs) Yes. And so I just, I was doing that to just discipline myself. And the more I kept doing it, people kept saying, "You gotta call this something. You gotta name this something." So then I started calling it the Kia Kelly Morning Show, and I would teach it every single. I would be there every single day, and that's what drove my business. And then at some point in time, I think life shifted, and I couldn't do it anymore. But I was listening to Gary Vee once. I think it was 2018. and He said, the strategy for 2019, you need to have an audio, which is a podcast. You need to do video, which is YouTube or live stream. And you need to have a blog. That's your marketing strategy because everybody learns differently and people's lives shift. And when I thought about how my life had shifted, I started listening to all these podcasts when I was driving, when I was working out in the gym. And I said, oh, so if I don't have people listening to me, then they're listening to somebody else. And so I went on this journey going, i got to start a podcast, not knowing if anybody would listen. And I just, it's been a year now and I've been, you know, just, I'm still learning how to do it, you know, like how to market it and all that. But I'm like, it don't have to be perfect. My job is to put the content out there and I can get better over time. But I've found all these people that, you know, that listen to me every single week when it comes out. And so my main thing was like, if people are going to consume content in all these places, I want them consuming mine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I want to go back just a little bit because there was something you said, and it was kind of towards the beginning-ish um, of our conversation that just, I really personally connected with it. Um, and you were talking about how, you know, you felt like when you were in network marketing and um, you felt the the leading of the Holy Spirit and just the, the Holy Spirit say, speaking to you, you know what? It's time for you to do things my way and um, it kind of that led you on this journey and it's I love how you you connected both your outward journey and your inward journey at the same time like your journey towards loving your natural hair and 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 self love and um, being obedient while also working kind of on that internal holy Spirit work um, in your heart and you know that's something that I think. All women can connect with. Um, and uh, you know, men too. I think men get men sometimes don't get as much like love on it when it comes to like the emotional stuff. um I mean, but, uh, you know, but, but the, I know men that are in touch with that emotional side, but but yeah, that that outward journey along with that inward journey is so important. And I would just love if you would just kind of share a little bit more about what you know, what, what kind of God taught you through that season of realizing, um, you know, like where you'd said, you were like, you know, black women, a lot of times will just straighten their hair. They'll relax their hair. And I have quite a few friends in the last few years who have transitioned to natural hair and how difficult of a journey that was for them. And, kind of the, you know, how there was like a stigma around natural hair for a long time and how much of our, you know, it seems like to somebody that doesn't understand, they're just like, but it's just hair. It's not just hair. There's so much more tied into it. So I would love for you just kind of share a little bit about what God taught you on that journey when he was working on you both outwardly and inwardly.
1: Yeah. So, um, I remember I started going to this church and they were, they believed in speaking in tongues and all that. And I was like, this is a cult, but I really like this church. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> uh, and I started hanging out with like the young adults and like we were at the end of like, oh, let's all pray. And they're all speaking in tongues. And I'm like, they can't all be crazy. The only thing that feels cultish is that I'm like, maybe it's not a cult maybe this is God and I just need to just open myself up to it. And so I started, you know, I just prayed and got filled with the Holy spirit or, you know, however you say it. And I just watched like myself come alive in a different way. And I was like, Oh, this is different. And I realized the Holy spirit's a comforter. And suddenly all these things just changing, wanting to cut off my hair. And when I thought about cutting off my hair, I was like, no, they said that this hair is bad. This hair is nappy that men won't like it. I'm already single like nobody's going to want me like just all the, the the things of it and I'm like but how like I'm my big forehead's going to show I'm not going to be able to hide it with my you know all that and it just kept like growing in me do it do it do it do it and so finally I did it and I the day that I did it I went to a major event two days later I was on stage at my church and everybody's like oh my god what is going on and it was kind of like, it was an outward expression of an inward change. I had made a decision to choose God more, to follow him more and just figure it out, you know, and as I was on that row, of course, I found all these women that were like, you're so courageous. You're so this, you're so that. Um, but of course, I didn't feel like that. I felt ugly. I felt exposed. But at some point, when I kept watching videos of the other natural girl, I was like, Kenya, you are beautiful. Look at your little face. You're, you're just beautiful. Yes, you are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And just like, just choosing, just choosing me, I, I felt like I found more men that wanted me than, than didn't when I cut off all my hair, because it was kind of like I had this different, this air, this different glow about me. But in the midst of all that, it was like, I was asking tough questions of God. I was like, God, is Jesus really real? Like I know we say in Jesus name, we pray to Jesus. I'm like, but is he really real? Is, is he really this and all this? And I just kept asking, is he real? Is he real? I don't believe he's real. I don't believe he's real. And one day he just said, leave this church and go to this church. And I was like, what? I don't understand. And I left and I went to this new church. As soon as I got there, my roommate came home and handed me this book on angels and I was like what's this she goes God told me to give you this and I was like okay somebody else showed up with a book on angels and then she showed up with the passion of Christ because I had never watched the passion of Christ not because I didn't truly believe in Jesus but it was kind of like I don't know if I should like how am I going to respond to people are crying and all things with passion of Christ and I watched that movie and was like wait a minute Jesus what is what is happening and just watching me just have this transformation because I've always believed in God and Holy Spirit, but I just, me and Jesus just weren't connecting very well. Um, but then just, I just kept going on that journey of asking more questions like, God, how do you see me? What about this? My mama said this, my daddy said this. What is this? What is really, really, what, Who is? who am I? Um, and I mean, I'm still on that journey, but I was like just rediscovering What other people have said about me, rediscovering and re-choosing who I was. It's kind of basically like a start over, I would say is what happened with me.
0: Mm, Yeah. I mean, how often do we go through that? I mean, I think one, I love that you were really honest about your wrestling with God and just because I think there's always moments where we're just like, is this all real? Is this all real? And then it's like God will just smack me upside the head with something where I'm like, okay, well, that clearly was not of me. And like there's no way I can deny his existence at this point. And because I didn't actually just a little bit kind of on my personal stuff, like I didn't grow up a Christian. Um, I didn't become a Christian until I was 25. And um, it's not that I didn't know about Jesus or God or anything like that. I just kind of, you know, maybe there was a time where I would go to church and be like, Yeah, I think I believe this stuff, but like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And it wasn't until God like brought me to my knees and to where I could no longer do things on my own. And God really was like, it's time that you do things my way and you just shut up and listen to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it was at that point that finally I was like, okay, like I'm going to give this a shot. And I look back on the past 10 years you know, in my walk with Christ, and I just go, I, There's no explanation as to how I am where I am today without God. There's no explanation for it. Oh man, that, but that's, a, that's a tough journey to go on.
1: Yep. Yeah. But I feel like we're either, we're either growing or we're dying. Right. And I'm like, I hit this point in my life where I said, I don't know what's true. I love you, mama, but you could have lied about everything. You ever taught me that pastor could have lied about everything. Everybody could be lying. Why don't I, I, I kind of, I felt like I was defiant a little bit that it was like, okay, if you're real, then let's talk, like, talk to me, tell me about this and tell me about that. And what is this? And what is that? And I finally found a lady in my church who's so amazing That I, like, she wasn't intimidated by my questions. I was like, I've got a lot of questions. And if this is real, I'm all in. And she would just sit with me and I would just ask questions and this and this and this. And then when I would go home, I'd be like, so what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And he would just so kindly talk to me about it in whatever way, whether it was somebody's sermon, whether it was a movie. And I realized that God can handle our questions. He can handle our attitude. He can handle our sad that he's not gonna turn us into a pillar of salt just because we're challenging him, you know? When I was going through divorce, I was so, the best way I could put it, I was so pissed at God. I cursed him with literal curse words, honey, God. I, listen, I hadn't cursed in years. Of course I was blaming him for it, but it was really my issue that, you know. And my best friend was like, Kenya, God can handle your temper tantrum. I had never heard that before. And she said, he can handle your temper tantrum. And I said, fine. For two weeks, I just went at him, just went at him. I was really mad at my ex and mad at myself and all that. And finally, someone texted me and said, hey, my whole church is praying for you. And I'm looking at the text like, you better not text me one more time or I'm going to you know, say something to you. And something just broke. It was just like, it's okay. I, can, I understand how you feel. And it was just like a swarm of comfort and just came in. And it was in that moment I realized, oh, we get to have our day. We get to throw things we get to curse. If you need to not recommend it, you get to do all that. And what's going to happen is Jesus is going to come in and say, he's not even going to say, are you done? He's just going to be like, Hey, so let me tell you how much I love you. Because in right after all that, I went from $20,000 a year to a six figure job, a car with no heat, to a brand new car, a house full of furniture. I had lost all this weight. Somebody took me shopping. He just came in and just swarmed me with stuff. And I was like, oh, he goes, I'm taking care of you. So now that you're taking care of with all that front, what do you really want? And I was like, Jesus, I really want healing. He goes, okay, so let's go on a journey. But if I hadn't been defiant and all that, I never could have gotten to that place. Man, I feel like I just
0: went to church. That was like, <laughs> that was, oh my gosh. Yeah, that is, Yeah just this morning in my own prayer time i was talking about i was talking with god about um kind of just being so grateful for how he forgives me when i am just a mess and when i am impatient and short and you know right now just being in quarantine with two children under the age of 6 you know, there are times where like I was saying to my husband last night, I was like, I love my kids so much. And I said, but being with them 24 seven homeschooling them, trying to work and like having no breaks. I was like, I feel like I'm going crazy. And there are times where I get frustrated with them and I get short with them and I'm not patient with them. And, and then I get really mad at myself and they're acting a fool because these little bodies don't understand what's going on and why we can't leave the house and why they can't have playdates and all these kinds of things. And I'm getting frustrated with them. And then it was like, I had that moment where I felt God be like, I don't get frustrated with you when you're having a temper tantrum. And like, I'm like,
1: this is right."
0: <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, when you have that moment of like Holy Spirit conviction, you're like, oh, you're right all right, God. All right. That's right. Okay. I'm gonna work on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: Oh, that's so hard, but it's so good. Um, Well, I just love the way that you are using um, that experience and that gifting and um, just the impact that the Holy Spirit has had on your life to, to impact so many other women and entrepreneurs. And because what that does is that creates a ripple effect where then they go out and they impact other people.
1: And that's, I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Exactly. It's like, we, we can help other people get set free once we get set free. You know, I've watched so many people that are so angry at their ex spouses. And I'm like, how? Y'all been divorced for 15 years. Oh, you haven't forgiven him. You haven't forgiven yourself. Let me process, I went through. And when I tell them all the things that I did, especially when it was all over with years later, Holy Spirit saying, I want you to write him a letter and ask him to, for forgiveness. For for what? I didn't I didn't do anything. He goes, no, we're not talking about the ending of the divorce. But I want you to own you, own what you did in your relationship. I was like, this is about to be some humble pie. And I wrote three pages, and I just said his name, and I said, I don't want anything from you. I just need to apologize. And I went through every single thing I have ever done against him. Every thing. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did this. And it was just like, it reminded me of school. I'm sorry. You know, like right on the chalkboard. I'm sorry I did this. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And at the end, I just blessed him. And I'm sure he was like, what in the world? And I was like, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know that I'm really sorry. and I'm owning my stuff. And I called a friend. I I had two envelopes, one with the letter in it and then another one. So that way they couldn't get to the one that was for my ex. I mailed it to my friend and I said, take that out so that way he doesn't have my address and just give it to him. I haven't heard from him, but I had a dream and God showed me that we were somewhere. He sat down beside me and he was so encouraged by me. And he just kind of walked off like a little like a little boy. It was like in that moment, it was like he felt it was a release. And I could see him properly as my little brother, you're younger than me, but I could see him as my little brother that was being filled with wholeness and all that. Because finally, somebody in his life owned their own stuff. And I just watched my own heavy weight of I'm not a victim, I play a role in this, I am powerful. And my best friend was like, why would you do that? It's all over with it's been years. And I'm like, because the Lord asked me to do it. And if I wronged him, then I need to own my stuff. And when I tell divorced women that they're like, uh, 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 and I'm like, hey, hey, don't do it if God doesn't want you to. But if you want to be really free, then own, own your stuff and apologize to the person that's hurt you, even if they never apologize to you. Because he never apologized to me. And I'm like, that's okay. I can forgive you and I can ask you for forgiveness without it. And I'm just watching all these women and men just go, you must be a saint. I'm like, no, I'm not a saint. I'm still ratchet at times. You know, I just obey. <laughs> When the Lord asked me
0: to do something. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I saw a quote the other day that says something to the effect of like delayed obedience or partial obedience is disobedience. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just like, oh, yeah, that is so good. And I love, yeah, just the fact that you, you talked about how freeing that was for you and how sometimes we are just trapped in holding grudges we can't move forward or grow spiritually when we have, when we are still holding on to things that are in the past that we have no control over and you can't control what he does. Like you may never hear from him and we can't control the people who have wronged us in the past. But what we can control is our own forgiveness. We can control what we focus on. We can control our own actions and by, releasing him and, and forgiving him of things. And then you asking for forgiveness from him. Like that is so powerful. Kenya, that's so powerful.
1: I I still can't believe I did it. I made a copy of the letter because my desire is to give it to my future spouse and say, Hey, this is how everything ended. Mm. You know, just so he has like reassurance of, Oh, you like, you can own your own stuff. Um, But I'll tell you what just happened maybe two months ago. So A couple years ago, I I do this thing called You, Me, and Jesus on Sundays, and I talk about different topics or whatever. Well, I never talked about divorce because I wasn't ready. And the Holy Spirit said, okay, now you're ready. I want you to talk about it. Like, do a live stream show. I I promoted it and everything. It was my hottest live stream ever, of course. (laughs) And I never told what he did. I never told, you know, all that. And I just went for two hours talking about the process and everything that I went through, just like being honest and raw and real and people loved it online. Well, during the process of divorce, I was like, Jesus, I need you to hide me, hide me from him, hide me from everyone so I can heal. I can't do this if I have to see him and, uh, and I just can't do it. So I never saw him, never saw him ever again. And then God moved me. Well, about two months ago, I get an inbox message on Facebook. The first one was blocked. And I was like, what was that? I was like, I don't know what that was. So then in my Facebook business page, I get a message and it's a woman. And, whoa, I feel the Holy Spirit. And the woman says, hey, you don't know me, whoa, uh, but I I just got out of a relationship, a three-year relationship with your ex-husband, and um, he said some really awful things about you, but the Holy Spirit told me to go to YouTube and told me to watch your video on divorce. And she said, I watched your video, and it blessed my entire life. You are nothing what I thought you were, and you just blessed my life. And I saw that message and I said, I got two choices, ignore her or encourage her. Within seconds, I sent her this huge prophetic word. I just went and went and just blessed her and just encouraged her. And I just, whatever. She said, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I just encouraged her again. And that was it. And when that was over with, I bawled like a baby. I was like, I cannot believe I am grown that much to be able to do that <laughs> to that person. She never wronged me or whatever. But I was like, I can't believe I was able to do that. But it was a reminder to me, Kenya. Every you've been obeying the Lord. You never went online and tell everybody all the things. You didn't do any of that stuff. You've just been walking with Jesus and your footprint. So whatever she thought you were is the opposite now. And every girl tells their friends. So I'm sure all her friends have seen Kenya Kelly and this is how you do things. And it's just like. He told me years ago, I'm going to vindicate you. You don't have to do it. I'm going to vindicate you. Don't worry. Everybody's going to think whatever, and then I'm going to vindicate you, and they're going to have to basically suck it up. And it was like in that moment that she was just like, holy cow. And maybe, I don't know. So it was just wonderful to just watch the fruit of obedience, even in like when I could have vindicated myself, you know, or I could have just rashed that girl. But I was like, what's the point? She didn't do anything to me. Like, Yeah.
0: Wow. 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 Yeah, that really is just such a neck. That is next level spiritual maturity. Wow. Wow. Kenya, thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, all all of this has is blessed. It has encouraged me today. Um, This has been such a light amongst the crazy, or as we were saying, so I guess it was before we were we were recording um, all the Rona, the Rona, uh, we were talking about, um, so I saw this meme this morning for the listeners. I saw this meme this morning that was like, and I realized that this is going to be airing in June. And so who knows what things are going to look like in June? We have no idea. So this is, we're either speaking in the future or we're just reminding you of the past. Either way, Um, But it was talking about how, like, in the South, people don't call it the coronavirus or COVID. We call it with everything that's going on. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, everything that's going on, this just really was a light in my day. And um, I'm really grateful for you. Um, But before we we sign off, we're going to transition to our Get to Know You round, which is one of my favorite parts of the show, because I get to just ask you some fun questions. So, Kenya, are you ready for the Get to Know You round?
1: Yes, I'm ready, I think.
0: All right, cool. So question number one is the question I've been asking during this time. And that is, what are you learning about yourself during COVID-19 or during everything that's going on?
1: (laughs) Everything's going on, yes. So I have been having this crazy awakening. Um, At first, I was like in fear of my life for like 48 hours. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, no. You are a light in a dark place. You are a candle that's set up. And I was like, but Jesus, I'm afraid. He goes, okay, it's okay for you to be afraid. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go and be the light. And I was like, but what does that look like? He was like, I want you to go out on social media and I want you to pray for people. I want you to give them hope. And I'm like, well, I don't really have hope. He goes, that's okay. You're going to get it as you give it. And I was like, okay. And so I started just going out online and just like declaring and confessing and just calling people into hope. And then I started on TikTok. I started doing all the dances on TikTok. And I had like multiple moments where it was like, but the people on Facebook don't know me like that. They don't know that I'm like a backup dancer for JLo, Not for real, but you know, I'm like, I really can dance really good. I was like, they don't know that side of me. And like, they, my Jesus people, like what they gonna do? They see my hips doing all the things that it can do. Cause you know, he was like, Go be yourself. And so I started out on TikTok, just dancing and all that, posting the videos, and I watched people become awakened to me, which has got me 14,000 followers in, in five weeks, which is crazy. But then I started seeing videos on TikTok of people praying at hospitals and all that type of stuff. I took the charge in my city and said, I'm gonna do a pray every night for two weeks. For two weeks, we would go to every single hospital and just pray in the parking lot. I got so much hate mail from that. People were, some people were just crazy. Well, my desire was, I was like, I really want to get this all on the news, but I didn't have time to do it. The news calls me and said, somebody called us and told us y'all were going to the hospital. They were being negative, but this is a beautiful story. We want to interview you. They brought me in the station, and they did all this stuff. And I just had this moment of, what is going on with me? And God's like, you're just being exactly who you were created to be. been hidden for so long that now I'm literally putting you on front and I'm inviting you to go and be this. And I had this moment with like my leader, the church. And I said, I don't know what's going on with me, but I feel strong strength, this overwhelming strength, just be and do. And I'm not waiting on my past approval. I'm not waiting for somebody to tell me to do it. I'm just doing it. Like, and I'm just going, who are you? And it's like this, no, this is what I've been training for my whole life. Like, I'm, this is that woman. And I've just watched myself rise up in a way that shocked me, surprised me, scared me. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep going and let people pray for me behind me because I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to keep going. And so it's something, something has rose up and it's not going away.
0: Oh, it's amazing. I love that. I love that. All right. So question number two, what is your most, clearly you just told me you're a secret backup dancer for JLo, lo but uh, what is your most unusual talent?
1: What is my most unusual talent? I would probably say animals, like cats. Like it sounds kind of crazy, but I don't care where I go, they find me, right? When I moved to Texas, I ended up feeding like 20 cats a day. They would all come to my porch, all of them. I would feed them, uh, I would like three times a day, change the water, give them ice water, and all the cats would always find me. It was just, but it's always kind of been that way. And so I have like this thing for animals. I don't care who's, yeah, it's just, it's insane. That's why my husband has to love cats because I'm like, Jesus, help.
0: (laughs) I love it. I
1: love it. Um, Okay. What makes you feel the most alive? I would probably say on the stage with a mic in my hand. Um, Like I don't mind being with one person or nobody, but if you, if you're out there and i got a mic Whether it's music playing or I just get to be me or it's over. All this stuff just comes. Jim Carrey, Oprah, Billy Graham, they all come at the same time. Kaboom! (laughs) Jim Carrey, Oprah, and Billy Graham.
0: That is a combination. I would like to have dinner with those three people. (laughs) Me too! (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. If someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want it to be?
1: Oh, my God. Who's out there that's like my personality? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Oprah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. She's so strong. So powerful. She's fun too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oprah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I love Oprah. I grew up like watching Oprah every day with my mom and. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. My last question is: What does it mean to you to run a business with purpose?
1: Um, it means consulting with God before I do anything. That's well, kind of like what's happening with me right now. I've uh, during COVID, I'm like, there's a pivot. There's something that's happening, and every day I come into the office and I just I worship maybe for five minutes, and I just go, God, what is it? What's happening? What do you want me to do? And like over the last week, He's had me when I get off of work. Uh, or whatever. I go home, change my clothes, grab my notebook, and I go for a walk. And I just sit and go, so what do you want me to focus on? What is it that you want me to do? Like, don't get me wrong. I want to be filthy, stinking rich. I want to help people be filthy rich. I want to lead people to Jesus, you know, but I want to build a business that I can say to people, oh no, that idea came from God, that came from God, and that came from God, and that came from God, and I just obeyed him and did it. I feel like that's what it is. And it inspires people, it propels people all through the process.
0: Mm, yes I love that perspective that's so good Kenya like I said this has been such a joy to have you on the show thank you for joining me so early in the morning I know they're on the west coast um, but here during everything that's going on
1: <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah. uh we laughed we went to church we got deep uh, that's how you know that it was good it was good so thank you so much for being my guest today
1: thank you so much
0: I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook and don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Now go do something good with purpose
1: on purpose.